We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas. And ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. We have just received word that libertarian death squad is over. We have come to take our country back. And also the way back. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its citizens not to travel abroad as it struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Go, Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are now banned from entering the country. Christmas Island drywall declared that the coronavirus Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. Jordan Peterson has been sentenced to a re-education camp. He, he lost his appeal, and so Jordan will lose his professional license if he does not go to a re-education camp. And all I can think is, that poor re-education camp. Can you imagine those poor instructors, the poor bureaucrats? It's so sad. I feel so badly for them. That guy is not going to go quietly into that, into that night. No, no. I hope he films it. It'd be great. And you said erosion of freedom. It's like, no, we should make it more stark than that. Canadians do not understand this. Their freedoms are already gone. What we have is the, we have the remnants of freedoms. 
We have the echoes and ghosts of freedoms. We have the apparatus of freedom. The freedoms are already gone. And now the consequences of that are going to unfold. Now you can already see that happening in Canada's economic decline, but it's certainly not going to stop there. I mean, so if that's what if that's what people want, if that's by their silence, if that's what they're requesting by their silence, if they're requesting their own slavery by their silence, which is the silence of slaves, by the way, then they'll attract tyranny in precise proportion to that. Some and you know, this say... is, it's very hard for Canadians because we are accustomed to assuming that our fundamental institutions are sound, and they were for a long time. You could trust that the political parties essentially stood for what they said they stood for. You didn't have a situation where the Liberals were way left of the NDP, which is certainly the case in Canada now, for example. Like, pe people were playing an ideological game, but to the degree that it was possible, they were playing that straight. You could basically, when I grew up, you could basically trust the CBC, you know, cer certainly some of the journalists at the CBC. The universities were doing a credible job. Even the school systems, which, you know, I hated going to school when I was a kid. I thought that the system was dreadfully incompetent, but now it's it's staggeringly incompetent, plus it's ideologically addled to a degree that is truly diagnosably diagnosable clinically and so this is this isn't going to happen in 10 years this is now and people are 10 years behind the curve fundamentally or maybe even 15 and so it, and i can understand why that is too it's very hard now to inform yourself properly as to how the world is unfolding because things are changing at a rate that's just beyond belief and most people don't know where to get credible information. So, you know, I watched the universities. Hey, so what happened in the universities? Well, first of all, the administration took over the universities. And that took about 30 years. And then, and the professors stepped back every time they were asked to, until there was really nothing left of them. And then the woke mob took over the administration. And that took about five years when they really got going. And now the woke mob is going to take over the sciences too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's already more or less a fait accompli. And the Americans are starting to wake up for this to this to some degree. You know, you saw the presidents of UPenn, MIT, and Harvard reveal their abysmally malevolent ignorance and presumption in D.C., not even noticing they were doing it, the consequence of that was the demise of two of them. But Jesus, all that did was brush a little rust, rust off the surface. There's a lot. There's a lot more to go. I don't have a horse in this race. In some ways, I can. I have the luxury now of being able to do pretty much whatever the hell I want, as long as I'm somewhat careful. I don't have to have this war, but at the moment I'm still choosing to do it because I think that. Look, man, if this board can take me out, and they probably will, it, what makes anyone else think that they're not on the line? You could justify that by saying, well, you know, if you weren't so mouthy and reprehensible, nothing would have happened to you. The old ty tyrannical line, mm -hmm. you know, is if, there, if you didn't do anything wrong, you have nothing to worry about, which is what every tyrant always says. It's like, 
you better search your souls, boys and girls, and see if you have anything to worry about, because I don't know anyone who's pure enough in heart to escape the the, the tyrannical and penny-pinching micromanagers if they get there, if they get you in their sights. Why should your right to freedom of speech trump a trans person's right not to be offended? Because in order to be able to think, you have to risk being offensive. I mean, look at the conversation we're having right now. You're certainly willing to risk offending me in the pursuit of truth. Why should you have the right to do that? It's been rather uncomfortable. Except you haven't sat there and... I'm just trying, I'm just trying to work that out. I mean... Ha, gotcha. You have got me. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. So, just a heads up, no promises, but for the time being, my schedule has shortened up a little bit. I'm basically back in my old schedule, pre-Bud Light boycott, all that. And it's not so much because uh, sales have slopped. No, not, not at all. Actually, things keep increasing and with the possible uh, Anheuser-Busch uh, March 1st walkout. Uh, we're probably going to be slammed again, so this could be a short-lived vacay. This is a little bit of housekeeping in the beginning. But with me having a... Uh, sh- uh, my day effectively has had, I'd say, about four hours of a shift has been trimmed off, so I can, I'll can, i have extra energy, put that into the podcast, hopefully get more stuff out. I also want to start archiving more things, not just, uh, you know, like old YouTube channel stuff that's been deleted, like the cooking and culinary... You know what? Scratch all this. I will save this for its own thing. I want to bring back the Let's Chat series. And I might save this kind of housekeeping for that. But TLDR. Reduce work hours. Means I can come back and put more time into the podcast. At least for the time being. And man, I got Miller, Bud Light. I'm looking forward to covering that shit again. Because there's updates in that realm. And you know, the, the shit I see behind the scenes versus what's in the papers. It's like, ooh, well, you know, if, I don't know. I'll save all that for a let's chat. But let's get into this. You won this round. Jordan Peterson comments on Ontario court's decision to allow re-education camp. There's nothing you can do to take me from that I'm unwilling to... There's nothing you can take from me that I'm unwilling to lose. I will grip onto it. I will clamp on like a great lobster. And I will hold on for dear life. My my, uh, Jordan Pearson's really slipping today, ain't it? By Chris Bertman over here at SCNR. Published January 18th, 2024. But no, this is terrifying. So Ben (coughs) Shapiro... Not Ben Shapiro, sorry. Daily Wire slip up there. But... Jordan Peterson is essentially having his, uh, they're saying, we will take your degree, f- you, we, we will take your, what's, uh, what's this, the specific term I'm looking for? It's going to be in the article. They're going to effectively pull his license. Unless he goes to this re-education facility where he will be completely withdrawn from society, no devices, no phones, no nothing. Like He'll be completely institutionalized, effectively. Behind the scenes... Of some sketchy Canadian re-education facility. Now, it's not exact. Ah, here's the thing about re-education, re-education facilities, especially ones that don't want you to have any kinds of connection to the outside world. I wouldn't go. 
Now, I, I think Jordan Peterson, if he does go, he should really spend a lot of time coordinating with uh, James O'Keefe, with uh, O'Keefe Media Group or OMG Media. They should spend some time coordinating and see if they can work out some sort of like recording, hidden camera type shit. But let's get into it, flush out the ideas a little bit more as we go. Clinical psychologist Dr. Jordan Peterson commented on an Ontario court's dismissal of his appeals to challenge the College of Psychologists of Ontario's mandate that the clinical psychologists undergo social media training. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Lobster. Fat bitches are not hot. I don't care what you say to me. I will not call them beautiful. It's Ellen Page. That's a woman. She used to be hot. And then they chopped her tits off. It's tragic. I will fight you with a great lobster's power. But no, for real. He 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 uh he tells the he spits out facts about trans people and fat bitches, and then all of a sudden my man's in trouble. Now here's the thing, when it comes to the fat bitches, look. Maybe it's because I grew up around a lot of black people, but there is one thing I can tell you for sure. If there's one thing a skinny bitch can do for me, it's absolutely not a goddamn thing. That is a fact. A skinny woman cannot do a damn thing for me. But, look, hey, the man has the right to go on there and fat shame bitches. And quite frankly, when you shove obesity down people's throat and you say, fat is healthy. Any size is healthy. No. I don't even care if you're into big, thick bitches. And there's a difference between fat and thick ladies. I don't care what you tell yourself to look in the mirror with your cottage cheese-ass thighs. You are not thick. You are fat or obese. There's a fine line. Men, I think we need to reemphasize this with women. There's a difference between fat and thick. And there's a difference between thick and thick. The varying degrees of C's drives home the various degrees of goodness. But, you know... You know, we'll pull all that in, guys. And, you know, to the age of question, you know, what kind of guy are you? More of a thighs guy. You know, secret secret third option here. Uh, and as for you Tarantino-type people out there, do not leave what type of guy you are in the comments. I do not want to know. Let's get into it. I like a little turn of the audience being like, what the fuck are they talking about? Don't worry about it. Last January... Peterson was ordered to participate in a mandatory, quote, specified continuing education or remedial program. Damn, Jordan. You got, you fat shamed the bitches all the way into a little bit of trouble here with HR. It's a shame. But no, here's the thing. He doesn't need this fucking, he, he, he doesn't need, need, need his license. They can pull that shit from him. He does, I don't think he works with customers. I don't think he has clients anymore. I could be wrong. And even then, the people he sees as clients, he can now maybe do some sort of like, oh, well, no, it's just uh, having coffee with my friends. You know what I mean? The same line of like, uh, she's not a prostitute. Don't you see the fucking camera? She's an actress. And you're interrupting her time. Same kind of like logic, you know, like, I'm not practicing psychology without a license. I'm just having tea and crumpets and lobsters with a friend of mine. Quite delightful. Well, with him, it would just be vegetables. It would just be meat, right? I'm having steak on steak with steak with a dear friend of mine. We talk about our woes. 
you know, that's kind of all he needs to go on with Jordan Peterson. He, he doesn't need to practice it. He doesn't need it. Uh, but the thing is, I respect him refusing to surrender. It's a principal thing. He goes, I don't want to give up my degree. I don't want to give up my license that not only did I put in time, energy, and money into. And if you look into him, he was a bit of a rap scallion when he was a kid. Uh, I'll leave his story for him to tell, but he essentially was a bit of a rap scallion when he was growing up, a bit of a troublemaker into a lot of debauchery and whatnot. Uh, and then he turned his life around, became the man he is today. Uh, quite frankly, the Jordan Peterson now versus the Jordan Peterson who was like 22, 23 to like 28. Entirely different people. Not just because of like age and wisdom, but lifestyle differences. Again, look into him yourself if you really want to. I have other things to do where I've harped on about Jordan Peterson, and it usually all boils into me bitching about things that don't like about individuals at the Daily Wire. I don't feel like getting into it. But he's not going to go down with the fight. Like, this man refused to have his Twitter reactivated because he, he, he's like, I'm not going to take down this post. I'm right about this post. And essentially what it was is he called, uh, he said Elliot Page or Ellen Page is a woman. Here's the thing. Facts. Ellen Page didn't even legally change her name to Elliot. It was just like, uh, I've socially changed my name. N- no, I'm not indulging your your psychoth- psychopathy anymore. For, I fucking refuse. Ellen Page used to be kind of cute, right? And now she looks like a weird dehydra- like dehydrated... Freeze dried beef jerkied Mike Myers is unfortunate. It's tragic, as I say. Last January, Peterson was ordered to participate in mandatory specified ongoing training by the College of Psychologists Ontario regarding the clinical psychologist's social media post. Peterson's social media posts in question include retweeting leader of the Conservative Party in Canada, Pierre Polnareff, based. Based men, by the way, I like I, I, I like what I've seen of him. I don't pay super close attention to Canadian politics like I used to. Post pan you know, lockdown pandemic things sort of slipped away from me a little bit as I focus more on American stuff and as a pol- as like the election season here kicks off, you know, my focus has really been honing in on that. But what I've seen with Pierre it, it I hope I'm saying that right. But I might not. Pierre Polnarev. I've seen a lot of clips of him. I've seen him what before that your version of Congress just laying out his arguments? I like what I see. Seems like a real populist type. I like any type of. Po- I like pretty much any form of populism I see, left or right. Now, if you're on the left side of populism, we will debate and clash heads. If you're on the right, we'll clash heads on things we disagree with on as well. But uh, populism's good. Usually, any type of populist uprising, populist movement, populist leader around the world will have my support behind them. Populism is a phenomenal idea, and I love it. Let's continue on. Uh, Criticizing Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Justin Castro, if you don't want to call him that. I completely see what you say. Like that, He does look like Castro. There's an uncanny resemblance there. Moving on. And his vocal opposition to liberal politics. Quote, A higher court in Canada has ruled the Ontario College of Psychologists indeed has the right to sentence me to a re-education camp, Pearson wrote in an ex-post. There are no longer legal avenues open to me now. (coughs) 
Woo. It's capitulate to the petty bureaucrats and the idle past woke mob or lose my professional license, he added. Right here. Let's just go right to the tweet because it looks like it might be a whole ass little paragraph here. We're just going to, yep. <clears throat> A high court in Canada has ruled that an Ontario College of Psychologists indeed has the right to sentence me to a re-education camp. There are no longer other legal avenues open to me now. It's... Oh, man. Whew. It's capitulate to petty bureaucrats and adult... Pa adult Adulpated woke mob or lose my professional license. Congratulations to uh, at CPO Ontario or CP Ontario. You won this round. Mark my words. However, the war has barely started. There is nothing you could take from me that I'm unwilling to lose. So watch out. Seriously. You've been bloody warned. Love, Lobster King, Jordan motherfucking Peterson. <coughs> oh, man, that does a number. It you're, you're constantly walking the tightrope between falling into Kermit the Frog and Ray Romano. But yeah, no, absolutely. It is insane. And, and here's the thing about Mark and Jordan Peterson's word. Ethan Klein didn't. Hello, what happened to Ethan Klein? I'm just saying that the, the, there's history here. Mark his words. We already read all that. Peterson initially revealed the Ontario College of Psychologists mandatory social media retraining order in a January 2023 thread to X. I'm not even reading the last bit of that sentence. If it told you, post it on X. You can assume what the next sentence was. I'm boycotting telling you what X used to be. <clears throat> the Ontario College, and this is from, uh, this is the previous one from January 3rd, 2023. The Ontario College of Psychologists at CP Ontario has demanded that I submit myself to mandatory social media communication retraining with their experts. For among other crimes, retweeting Pierre Polnareff and criticizing Justin Trudeau, his and his political allies. I really lost it then, but you get the idea. Quote: uh, I have. Uh, I'm just gonna read normally here. I can't do that voice for a second. I need a break on it. Quote: I have been accused of harming people, although none of the complaints involved in the current action were clients of mine. Past or present or were even, oh, so sorry, or even were acquainted with any of my clients, Peter, Peterson said of the order, which threatened to revoke his license, quote, about a dozen people from all over the world submitted complaints about my public statements on Twitter and a rogue and uh, Twitter and Rogan over four ye over a four year period. Out of the 15 million who follow me on social media claiming that I had, quote, harmed people and not them. 
with my views. Yeah, that that's the thing. This is an offense crime, bud. You hurt their insignificant, precious little fucking fifis. And no, I get it. Look, this is the same mentality of people. This is the same type of shit. Same mentality behind people who swat people, calling fake bomb threats, hostage threats, fake suicide threats. Uh, dogs have people's homes, fucking you know, pizza deliveries and whatnot, rush to their homes. Which is a weird tactic. Some people apparently don't know that. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's not swatting, but it's in the same vein. People order a bunch of pizzas and have them sent to a, to a, a random address. You know, uh, don't exactly know what the end goal there is other than another person be like, I know order a pizza. Oh, we're gonna have the pizza. Nah, that sorry, no, I didn't order it. It's just a weird thing. People do it. It's been. It's really gone down popularity. People like to bomb threats over the whole pizza thing these days, unfortunately. Ah. But continuing on. But, you know, you have said thing. Or you oppose institutions that I support. You stand opposed to a worldview that I subscribe to therefore i must stop you my arguments are not strong enough to stop you on their own so i must abuse the very institutions that i scream as loudly as possible need to be shut down defunded to weaponize them against my opponents because i cannot beat them in an intellectual backdrop it's essentially the logic of the people who are, are demanding Jordan Pearson's license be pulled because of his social media posts. And again, a lot of it is him saying, telling like Victoria's Secret, like fat bitches are not attractive. I don't want to see fat bitches. Quit trying to tell me that fat bitches are hot. I don't like it. Which, hey, look, different strokes for different folks, literally. But I get it. When And, and here's the thing. I don't give a fuck. I'm Lutheran. If you wanted, if all of a sudden all the institutions across this country with an iron fist were shoving Lutheranism down your throats the same way that they shoved pride, uh, uh, healthy at any size, and me too, and all that shit down, down our throats over the last couple of years, I would be here heavily criticizing it, asking what the fuck is the intentions behind this, and no good can come of this kind of push. You know, it, it's a it's a sign of capture, and, and you just kind of gotta be like, "What the fuck is happening? Do you see what you're doing? Do you, do you fucking do you, do you realize the problem here?" And unfortunately, a lot of these institutions that are captured do not see what the problem is because, again, they're ran by the very same people that are ideologically captured. They're not being driven by morals. They're not being driven by uh, critical thought. They're being driven by ideas. Things planted in their head by other people. And sometimes planted in their head by people who are just expressing a thought or an idea with no intent of actually taking action. But they've planted the seeds into somebody's head who did take actions without any full understanding or comprehension of what's going on. That's a lot of like what happened with a lot of them. Correct me in the comments if I'm wrong. A lot of the people who were inspired by you know uh, Karl Marx's writings, they were inspired by his ideas when you know his Frankfurt School and all that being set up. I get that. But ultimately, that's kind of all it was. But the people who took in the idea without thinking much about it ran with it and destroyed an entire chunk of Europe and continue to proliferate 
one of the most damaging ideas in the world. But here's the thing. It's not like communism itself. I'm not even going to go down that tangent. It's effectively a repackaging of a collection of different ideas from various other pre-existing political factions. Communism itself, just like everything else communism does. You know, like communism and communists take over shit. They're like, oh, well, we will adapt this to our own thing, code it with our messaging, and then re-release it. Now it's propaganda for our cause. Yeah, the same lack of creativity is at the core of the political ideology itself when it comes to its roots and its cores. A lot of, like, you know, pre-existing French political theory goes into communism. It's none, none of it's particularly original. It was just... Marx wrote, wrote a book, essentially, and he got credit for putting different ideas together. The, you know the King James translation of the Bible type shit. An amalgamation of things, just kind of sort of a self-insert, if you will. Uh, talking shit about the King James Bible. That's how you alienate a lot of people suddenly. Huh. King James wanted to insert himself in the Bible. Thus it was. Continuing on, quote, if I comply with terms of my education and punishment would be announced publicly, quote, sorry, I got ahead of myself, quote, we are now in a situation in Canada under Justin Trudeau where practicing professionals can have their livelihoods and public reputations threatened in a very serious manner for agreeing with the official opposition in criticizing major government figures. He continued, quote, If I comply, the terms of my re-education and my punishment will be announced publicly. Peterson formally indicated his refusal to comply with the college's order shortly after. A three-panel divisional court ruled in favor of the Ontario College of Psychologists superseding Peterson's medical license last August, suspending Peterson's medical license last August, my apologies. In an ex-post, Peterson warned, quote, If you think you have the right to free speech in Canada, you are delusional. Well, yeah, you, you absolutely don't. Canada has hate speech laws and shit, too. I mean, hell, if you don't have the right to free speech in Florida, go ahead, mock the Jews on social media. See what happens. Look up the bill that uh, good old high heels Rhonda Pump just signed in Tel Aviv. Look into that bill. Have fun with it. Anyway, continue on. So we're going to pop over here. Just to read the whole twat. So the Ontario Court uh, Court of Appeal ruled that at CP Ontario can pursue their prosecution. If you think you have the right to free speech in Canada, you're delusional. I will make every aspect of this public, and we will see what happens when utter transparency is the rule. Bring it on. In keeping with transparency here is the decision. The courts are captured by the woke ideologues. I knew this already, but did not fully understand the extent. And right here, there's a link there from Elon Musk, into which she responded to Elon Musk. It's worse than you think at Elon Musk. My tweets criticizing the trans insanity. I call them transgressives. Because I'm punny. And just Trudeau are the punitive reason. The judges are progressives appointed by Justin Trudeau. And all professionals in Canada are so terrified of their professional regulatory bodies that they... Uh, 
terrified of the professional workers for bodies that they are terrified into silence and even those who aren't who aren't intimidated in that manner can't afford the extremely expensive and endless fight not good at Elon Musk yeah, no I'm gonna hop back over here here sorry if I'm a little all over the place I'm getting back into the swing of things just got off a long shift got home took a nap woke up I was like, ah, I gotta get to recording. So I'm getting back in the swing of things. A little, little sloppy on this recording. My apologies. But yeah, we're getting into the swing of things. I got my monster right here. Quality will go up as time goes on. Ah, let's go on. Quote: We will see what happens when utter transparency is the rule. He said, "Bring it on." And that brings us to the end of this episode of Inside Four Walls. But yeah, uh, needless to say, we'll be sitting here rooting for Jordan Peterson to come on, on top of this. And he, in all likelihood, he probably won't. Canada is an utterly captured country. There is a good chance that, you know, upcoming election scene, you know. Uh, a lot of people won't subscribe to this. I don't really give a fuck. I do not think Joe Biden got all those votes. I also would be willing to hear arguments that just Trudeau didn't get all those votes. Because a lot of people I know from Canada really don't like Justin Trudeau. Like, they really can't fucking stand him. They don't know how the fuck he keeps winning, how, how the fuck he won his elections. So, with that mentality out there, I'm kind of wondering. But that being said, we're going to stay tuned. Look what we did to the truckers, and Canada's going to come up again more when we get into Sean Strickland. Going forward, especially since we want to talk about Bud Light and shit again. So Canada will be back on the menu later on. So that being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I'm James Madison, and I will talk to y'all later. Doses. My idea of the patriarchy, which is a, a system of male dominance in society. Yeah, but that's not my sense of the patriarchy. So what's, what's yours? Well, in what sense is our society male-dominated? Uh, the fact that the vast majority of wealth is owned by men, the vast majority of capital and is owned by men. Women do more unpaid it's a labor. Very, very tiny proportion of men, and a huge proportion of people who are seriously disaffected are men. Most people in prison are men. Most victims of violent crime are men. Most people who die in wars are men. People who do worse in school are men. It's like, where's the dominance here precisely? What you're doing is you're taking a tiny substrata of hyper-successful men and using that to represent the entire structure of, the, of Western society. There's nothing about that that's vaguely appropriate. White male Danny, why don't you tell me about your privileged life? I was raised in, in foster care. Both mm -hmm. of my parents were, were murdered. And then uh, oh. when I was 15, my foster parents, they both OD'd, accused of and convicted of a rape, which I did not commit. I spent 12 years in jail, found out that I have pancreatic cancer, and I have three weeks to live. Oh, and I have COVID. Of course, they let you out of jail because you're white. Two weeks to live. Well, imagine if you were an indigenous person who suffered with arthritis because they were in a disenfranchised POC neighborhood. Well, I'd say you probably only had bloody two days to live, so why don't you check your damn privilege? Bobby, why don't you tell us what real oppression sounds like? Well, I uh, just became CFO of my own company, woman-owned company, of course. Just bought a new Porsche, bought another house in uh, South Beach and uh, another one in Miami. 
Okay. But uh, I was uh, misgendered at a holiday party. Well, it hurt. I'm surprised she didn't take her own damn life. Racist party? No, we're we're not a racist country, Brian. We've never been a racist country. We were the only Indian family in our small southern town. I was teased every day for being brown. Him at CharlieKirk.com. Who do you think Trump should pick as vice president? And Nikki Haley, she has no path forward. She should become, she's a laughingstock, go back to the corporate world, get out of political life. There is no path forward. You are going to do nothing more than to try to increase the likelihood of Joe Biden be having four more years or whomever, whomever is going to have four more years. And we're not going to put up with it. Considering the amount of Democrat crossover, I want to play this again. I have to play this again for everybody, okay? Because people are uh, tuning in big here and they might not have seen it. I want to play this piece of tape here of a direct dialogue with CNN talking to a Republican primary voter. Listen, this is for all your friends. With this piece of tape, this shows that this is a massive win for Trump. A, a near 10-point win. This is a guy bragging on camera that he did this to try to interfere with your constitutional right to choose your nominee. Play cut 79. Nikki Haley. And why did you vote for Nikki Haley? Uh, it's a vote against Trump. Um, I think it would be better to have her against Biden in the uh, elections than it would be Trump and her. Do you consider yourself generally independent, Republican, or Democrat? Uh, Democrat. So when you undeclared, you voted for Nikki Haley. If it was Nikki Haley against Joe Biden in a general election, who are you voting for? Joe Biden. What is the... Man, that clip. That clip is the whole ball game, And Donald Trump overcame what Rush Limbaugh would call Operation Chaos. The numbers are still coming in right now with 18% of the vote reporting um, and more polls have just closed two minutes ago. Donald Trump is right near that nine to 10 point margin, right, Blake? That nine, and it, I think that's gonna increase. I think he'll end up around 11. primary candidate. It's time for Nikki Haley to drop out. She doesn't want an embarrassment in South Carolina. Congresswoman, can I ask you a question? I mean, I, talk about the, the ego, because I, I think what, what irks me about what we just saw, which was this super positive speech from Nikki Haley saying she's going to keep going forward. 
the ego of the campaign and the ego of the candidate at this point now is, is doing the bidding of the other side. Because they, they know they don't have a path, but they're going to keep doing this. And as long as they keep doing this, they're wasting money for the party. They're also they're, they're, they're wasting the, the energy. They're distracting. If you, if you coalesce now, you got a better chance in November. The fact they're not doing that, to me, it, it reeks of arrogance. Oh, I totally agree with you. This is Nikki Haley setting money on fire. And she's going to continue doing it because not only is she egotistical, she's delusional, absolutely delusional. There is no campaign for Nikki Haley. This is a fake campaign, and it needs to be over with. And shame on Nikki Haley for continuing this. It's an embarrassment not only for her, but it's an embarrassment for anyone that is supporting her. Donald Trump is our Republican nominee, and he is going to win the general election. The, the polling is showing it every single week. He is beating Joe Biden. And it's time for everyone to get behind Donald Trump. This is a referendum on the Republican Party to listen to Republican voters. We want Donald Trump and we want the Republican Party to get the message here at Loud and Clear. Let's go. Let's defeat the Democrats. Time to take back this country. Representative. I find in life you can't let people get away with bullshit. Okay, you can't. You just can't do that. Hey, welcome back. So it is currently twelve thirty-one a.m. January twenty-fourth, twenty twenty-four. Wow, the first month is almost over the new year. One down, just about eleven-ish left to go. I say eleven-ish because we got about ten days left. Not ten days. Whatever the fuck. So. I'm not a math Asian, as the saying goes. All the polls, all the outlets, everyone, it Trump's won. That's definitive. It was already in the bag before it happened. This whole GOP primary thing is a big fucking joke to begin with. It was already in the bag. It was already over with. It, it was a foregone conclusion. Iowa was not a surprise. New Hampshire was not a surprise. Santa's dropping out before Super Tuesday. That was a, a surprise. I figured he'd be dumb enough to stick into it the whole time, but he didn't, so... But we'll get into that later on. But let's get into some New Hampshire news! Trump greeted by a cheering crowd in New Hampshire. Trump holds a 22-point lead over Nikki Haley among the state's likely primaries. Nikki Clinton. It was really wild about all that on my Instagram. Like... Maybe 48 hours before everyone was doing the Nikki Clinton thing, I posted a couple pictures where it was like Hillary Clinton and Nikki Haley side by side. It says these are the exact same people. And then I posted a separate post where it was like Obama, Bush, Kerry, McCain, Romney, uh, and Joe Biden. It said these are all the exact same person. So, yeah, let's get into it. But, yeah, something the uh, media, the left, and the right's been confused by, and the, well, mainly the media's been pissed about, the young generation. I'm Gen Z. I am Gen Z. I'm, like, the oldest you can get in Gen Z, but I am Gen Z. We're aging like shit. But, we're very conservative, and we're very Christian. It's just an ungodly amount of us are loud and obnoxious. But I'm telling you right now, even those loud, obnoxious, dyed hair, gender-questioning people 
even if it is a bastardized progressive church, there is still some level of identifying as Christian in there. That's something you can work with. Now, that's a little bit more esoteric of a point, but even then, more and more people from the ages of 15 to 26, hey, that's me, are identifying with conservative or libertarian outlooks, which libertarian outlooks tend to lean towards either not voting or voting conservative or GOP. And in this case, I would be voting for Donald Trump. Now, here's the thing. The young generation love Trump. Again, it's the issue of the loud minority. And since the Gen Z voting base is going to be bigger than the millennial voting base, there's a lot more obnoxious assholes than there were from the millennial voting base in 2016. Which was, again, being the oldest, I was 18 going into into the 2016 election cycle. And all the people you saw screaming and crying were my age, all the way up to the, my age to the youngest millennial wave. The zillennials, as they want to call them fucking selves. Fucking clowns. I'm a zillennial. Go fuck yourself. No, you're not. That's not a thing. Zillennials are not a fucking thing. You are a millennial in fucking denial. Just own that shit. I'm Gen Z. I proudly own that shit. Gen Z will inherit the earth, and you can cry about it right now, but I'm telling you, Gen Z, I've been saying this since 2020. You can go back. I've been saying this for a while. People listen to the show for a while. can attest to it in the comments if they want to. I've been saying there's a big cultural shift happening ever since about middle to the end of 2020. My generation is going right. And I watch a lot of people my age who were like progressive, liberally types who were like, no, fuck you, James. You voted for Trump. MAGA hat on. Fuck you. You're fash. Fuck you. After being told to wear a mask and shut the fuck up by their very liberal, very progressive counterparts... And peers and politicians, and they see what's going on in like Florida. Even if it's on a selfish level, I watch these assholes go, Well, if voting for conservative at least lets me do whatever the fuck I want, even if their policies affect other people, doesn't it? It gives me more freedoms. I'm just giving my pocketbook. Like, their, their, their intentions for voting conservative. While I talk to these assholes, I've come to realize are entirely selfish fucking reasons in, in, in a lot of cases. Now, there are, there, there, to be fair, I know a handful of people that were like kind of like deactivated normies who over the pandemic looked into a lot of shit. Were like, what's the World Economic Forum? Uh, I don't know if they're watching or not, but shout out, uh, I'll just use the nickname, shout out to the bro maker, the bro makers listening to this. Uh, met this dude at church. Fucking mad lad. Uh, Wow. Anyway, dude's awesome. I met a lot of people, especially now that I'm in the religious scene, going to churches more in 2020, more like the agnostic, borderline, like, just really angry place. 2020 sucked for everybody. Now I found myself in 2024, Christian side of things. Weird turnabout. But the thing is, I'm, I'm seeing and I'm talking to a lot of people my age specifically, who not too long ago would have identified as progressive Biden voters or Hillary voters or liberals or 
reluctant, whatever the fuck you want to call them, whatever they call themselves. And now they're like, oh, I'm voting Trump. I'm getting MAGA confessionals. And here's the thing, man. Like, I got, right, right here. Like, I got tumblers. Like, on this tumbler, for example, just a little bit about me, right? Again, I'm 26. Oldest you can get in Gen Z. And I get MAGA confessionals all the time. I have this this uh, Yeti tumbler here. By the way, if you own any if if you own any Yeti products, thank you. I'm invested in the company. Um, not financial advice. Anyway, on my cup here, I got American Jedi. It's got uh, an AR-15 on. I'm more of an AK guy, but you know, it's scary. I got a Liberty a Freedom Work sticker here that says I did that. A little QR code that if you scan it. Pulls up lists and videos and articles. Pretty much breaks down all the failures of the Biden administration. Second Amendment, American flag, NRA. Now, here's the thing. The NRA is fucking useless. Useless, I tell you. Let me have some of this coffee here. Oh, that's some good stuff. Speedway. A house blend. That is God's greatest gift to man since his son. I'm telling you. If you've hadn't if you haven't had Speedway House Blend coffee with a little bit of French vanilla creamer, a little bit of the half and half, top it off with just the regular coffee, you have not began to live. So good. But yeah, my uh, big don't tread on me, a do or die sticker, red, white and blue, AK47. Second Amendment uh, engraved with the American flag. I got this big reflective holographic sticker that says MILF, man, I love freedom on it. But anyway, you, you, you get the idea. 1776 hoodies. I'm 26, but I dress like your average Fox News conservative boomer dad. But I hate Fox News. With a fiery passion. Hassle still owe me like 180 bucks. But that's beside the point. Again, if you're a stringer, my condolences, but it pays off in the end. However, I get manga confessionals from people my age and a little bit younger and a little bit older. Say within two years older to three years younger than me who are like, dog, man, like, I wouldn't, man, I fuck with everything you got on. I just, I don't know know if I'd wear it, man. People be giving you looks and shit. I don't know if I could take it. I'm like, why do you care? Why do you fucking care people give you looks? You're not part of their in-crowd. The moment you be who you really are, you're going to be kicked out of their in-crowd. So no matter how it goes, like, I don't know what to tell you. And, and this this happens time and time again. If, uh, if, just put your opinions out there. Wear a 1776 shirt, wear an American flag shirt, whatever the fuck. Just fucking get out there. Fucking do it. Show people that, you know, I'm proud of this country. And here's the thing. If you're liberal or you're progressive whatever the fuck... You want to wear an American flag, bud. It's at least good PR. I don't know why the progressives hate the American flag so fucking much. Y'all really want to convince people you're not the bad guys in this country? You want to wear the American flag or at least embrace it to some extent other than change it into a rainbow, perpetual gay pride parade, festival fag fuckery, fucking whatever the fuck symbol you want to make it. The pride flag is always changing. Just like the people it represents, it's constantly going through an identity crisis. So you, you, you know, you want to embrace the American flag. Progressives and liberals seem to reject it, and that means the conservatives and the people on the right, and people libertarians like me and me, I'm vaguely right wing. 
not really Republican conservative, but I'm definitely on the right wing of that. I'm definitely on the right side of that compass if you want to break it down that way. Somewhere between Ross Perot and Ron Paul with a Jeffersonian twist. To put it in the most fucking pretentious ass sci-fi word or uh, poli-sci terminologies. <sighs> However, like I was saying, I get people tell me like, yeah man, who you voting for Trump? Like, duh. <clears throat> and they'll talk to me and they'll be like, yeah, you know, me too. Just uh there are a lot of people I tell them like look I'm not going to tell you who it is this doesn't matter if I'm at work which whichever one of my couple jobs I, I go to or friends or family I never name names but I'm like look just a heads up a lot of the people you're probably worried about judging you have had the exact same conversation with me it's not going to kill you to just come out and be who you are it's really weird how it's like coming out of the closet to some people and look, it's 2024. We're not in 2020. We're not in 2019, 18, 2021, 2022. The cultural shift has fully fucking happened, folks. You can openly be conservative, openly patriotic, openly embrace, dare I say, nationalist tendencies. Now, the thing about nationalism is it's completely fine. It's great. America First is nationalism. Just like with all things in life, it's when you start adding pronouns to it, you start getting issues. You start adding, like, white or afro or black or hispanic nationalist or whatever the fuck. Then you start getting really weird issues. But if you're just nationalism, my country is the greatest country on the planet, bottom line. That's the thing. A lot of people my age have that mentality. Because they came to consciousness, politically speaking... During the end of the Obama administration, when everything was shit, started going on to the world their own, living on their own for a little bit, saw how good the economy was, even if they weren't really paying attention to it, they're just like, I can live on my own. If I get an office, all of a sudden everything's more expensive. A lot of my generation, for better or worse, is a little self-centered at heart. So when it comes to like looking at how much everything is expensive, they're gonna look at the TV, and if you wanna be like, well, they're just stupid. Well, those dummies, as a lot of people on Fox News and Boomers want to say are looking at the TV, and they're just going to blame it all on Joe Biden without thinking critically about it one way or another. And you think it ultimately is Joe Biden's fucking fault. Whew. And they know that, so they're going to swing the opposite direction. Plus, my generation has more of a I-don't-give-a-fuck-how-it-makes-you-feel kind of an attitude. It's sort of a return to a Gen X mentality of I don't care about your feelings. Not in, like, a dickhead kind of way. Just in a, your feelings shouldn't affect what I'm about to say. And your response to what I say is not my fucking problem. Unless you want to make it my problem, then that's going to be your problem in the end anyway. You know, that's where the mentality of my generation is starting to rock with. And we're telling the progressives in our age record to shut the fuck up. No one cares. Your meme's dead, dog. The Me Too meme is dead. Just like the Buccaneers changed at the Super Bowl! Ah, Lions. I'm a Lions fan, if you haven't yet. Uh, you know, wow, the guy who lives in Michigan, lives in both Michigan and Ohio, fucking loves, loves fucking Lions. Go figure. Take that, Buccaneers. Let's get, let's get in the article. I've been around for 14 fucking minutes. God bless anyone who's still listening to this. Former President Donald Trump was 
greeted by mobs of fans and supporters when he rolled into New Hampshire polling location. Where uh, we're voting in the nation's leadoff primary is taking place. Trump emerged from the vehicle with U.S. House Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene to applause and screams and chants. We love Trump. <laughs> That's the thing about that. Like, like I look, look, I like, a, I enjoy a good Trump rally. I go, out, I've been to a lot of these types of events. You know, I did the Freedom Convoy. I went out and I filmed that shit. Uh, you know, stop the steal shit. I thought they're filming that stuff. School boards stuff filmed that. Governor races, presidential primary shit, DNC events. But I've been there. I've filmed that. I've interviewed people there, right? But that's something that's always weird me out about Trump rallies when I'm in the crowd. They're just like the whole crowd starts going, "We love you." I'm just like, I'm not yelling that. Yo, no, like I'm just not yelling that. First off, for three reasons. One, as a citizen, I'm not yelling that at a politician. Bottom line, I'm just not doing that. Second off, as an elected representative, which I am, humbly saying, of course, I'm just a precinct delegate, uh, and you should run in whatever precinct you're in, whatever state you're in, find out how to do it, find out where you got to go to sign up, become a precinct delegate, get involved. It's one of the most important things you can do in your in your you know local area, and it gives, in bare minimum, it gives a little extra meaning to your life, a little extra value, a little extra something to care about, you know, something greater than yourself to be involved with, you know, so that, that's at least good for the soul, that's beside the point, anyway, whew, I get these rallies, right, and people just, anyway, as as an elected representative, I'm just not gonna yell I love you to any other elected representative or any voter, like, I'm just not gonna do that, there's a weird level of pledging that I'm just not doing to an individual, now, I will happily say I love the Constitution, I love the ideas that our country was founded on. Hell, even my more Gnostic days, in which I referenced earlier, I've been listening to some of my old content too. But I'm going back and checking some of that shit out. Anyway, whew. my room's getting high. I got to turn the theater off. Hold on. Whew. I got aquariums. Gets hot. And I got the AC unit turned off, so my room gets really toasty. Plus, you know, it's Michigan in the winter. Anyway, and the last reason is, I'm just not, as a man, I'm just not going to yell I love you at another man that I'm not related to. Have no reason to yell I love you to at, you know, when I yell, great, you're a great president. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll yell that. I'll get behind that, but I'm not yelling... I love you, or we love you, or any of that shit. That's just weird. No offense to any Trump supporters out there. I know my audience got a lot of them out there. I love y'all, but I don't see that. There you go. I just did it. But it's like you know, I, I uh, I'm just I'm just not gonna scream that. It's a little weird. It's always kind of weirded me out. But moving on. Trump emerged from the vehicle with U.S. House Rep. Marjorie Green. Trump's "We love you." Uh, President Trump is truly a man of the people. The primary ends today in New Hampshire. New Hampshire is Trump country. Hashtag MAGA.
Whoa, that's the coolest secret agent I've ever seen. Look at that man. Got the broccoli mohawk. Hello, everybody. So complete side note, I actually got a pair of these Aftershock headphones. Uh, they're kind of shit. You know, maybe my head shape's just not right for them, man. But you get a little bit of, you start sweating. You get a little bit of, bit of sweat in those beads, man. It, it throws everything off. I love you, President Trump. Thank you. What's always funny about this is the man is a complete germaphobe. Like he pumps the hand sandy real hard after all this. Bring for you, Mr. Look at that lens and model right there. Holy shit! Walter Maga? Some of that, that good red pill crack? Look at this guy, that's Walter White. Holy shit! You got punk rock but vague there too, which is nice. Let's continue on. For president asked onlookers if they had voted already before taking photos and autographing hats and hats and signs. Coming off a decision off a decisive win in the Iowa caucus, Trump holds a wide lead over former South Carolina Governor Nikki Clinton, who is challenging him for the Republican presidential nomination. She's not challenging him. I'm just I'm just saying that's like here, let me let me show you uh She's challenging him, huh? Let me show you an exact metaphor of what Nikki Haley challenging Trump for the nomination looks like. I, I, I got you. Hold, hold tight, fam. All right, guys. So we're just going to watch. I got this at an extra speed. This is basically a metaphor. This guy in the red, white, and blue shorts, this is a man named Butterbean. Uh, in this metaphor, Johnny Knoxville is Nikki Haley. Butterbean uh, just, let me just, for legal reasons, I want to clarify. The Nikki Haley campaign will be represented as Johnny Knoxville. And the Trump campaign will be portrayed, uh, Oscar-worthily portrayed, by might I say, by Butterbean. And this is like the 2016 and 2020 highlight reel of Trump versus everybody else. Alright, so just, uh, Enjoy. Today we're going to do a little boxing. 
I really like how butter. I really like Butter Bean's uh, depiction of Ben Grimm in the 2004 Fantastic Four film. They're walking into New Hampshire right now. You know, they're walking into Iowa right now. Take a pick. And that's the power of uh, America First. That was the high heels are my ammunition comment. And there you go. God, I am, I love these movies. So much nostalgia. Butterbean okay? <laughs> if I knock out in a first round, new champion, Butterbean. Donald Trump! Yay! The hospital. No, no, apparently I have a big gash in my head and I think I'm a little Alright, alright, I'll spare you guys the the rest of this. You, you guys don't, don't, don't want to see this. I, I, in, in, in full fair and honesty, they won't let me watch it here without logging in. Um, <laughs> so my, my, my apologies for all the, the gore. I wasn't necessarily thinking about how squeamish some people might be. But that's beside the point. You get the metaphor. According to fresh polling from Washington Post... Uh, Monmouth University. 52% of the potential voters in the New Hampshire primary are supporting Trump, while 34% say they're voting for Haley, which, by the way, most of that percentage is actually Democrats who are doing with a lot of people. So, here's the thing. A, a, a lot of people who are trying to support Hillary Clinton, or, sorry, oopsie doopsies, Nikki Haley, are actually Democrats voting for her for kind of a joke to throw it against Trump. Uh, similar to how a lot of people in 2020 who were planning to vote for Trump in the primaries or vote for Trump in the general election voted for Biden in the primaries because they wanted to see Trump versus Biden in, in, in a debate. Shout out to my brother. I'm not going to name names here. Oh god, I'm going to hear about this later. I'm just worth saying. Yeah, I have a brother, man. He voted for Joe Biden in the primaries thinking it was all for shits and giggles. And I was like, man, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't even fucking gamble with that shit. And he goes, nah, nah, it's gonna be really funny. It's gonna be really, really funny. And he voted for Joe Biden in the primaries, and I get so mad if you remind him about it. And, you know, I'm watching this go on, I'm watching a lot of people be like, why would Democrats come out and vote for, for, Hil for Nikki Haley? For the same reason people came out in 2020 and voted for Joe Biden. Same reason that Republicans in 2020 voted for Joe Biden. For a fucking laugh. For a fucking wolf. The same reason why a lot of people who thought maybe, I don't know, Rand Paul or something or someone had it in the bag in 2016 against Trump. So they went out and they voted for Trump as a fucking lull. Or all those Democrats, here's the thing, we forget this, in 2016, a lot of Democrats went out and voted for Donald Trump because they thought he'd be easy for Hillary Clinton to take down and destroy. I don't know why we're so surprised when we found out that a lot of these people, and if they, this article doesn't get into it, I'll pull it up at the end if I remember. 
A lot of people are acting like they're so surprised to find out that Nikki Haley voters, a lot of people who plan to vote for her, are actually people who plan to vote for Joe Biden in, in the primary, or, or plan to vote for Joe Biden in the general election. And they're like, oh, why? I don't... Or they're like, that just doesn't seem likely. That, that, that's that got to be fake news. It's like, why? Hillary Democrats came out and they voted for Trump in 2016 because they thought Trump would be a good straw man for Hillary Clinton to topple. You know, a big goof. And then in 2020, a lot of people went out and they voted for Joe Biden. A lot of people on the right voted for Joe Biden in 2020 because they thought Joe Biden would be an easy target for Trump to take down. Uh, smooth sailing to re-election. Because, again, people thought... Bernie Sanders, for some reason. Bernie Sanders or Tulsi Gabbard would be a threat for Trump. Now, I will say this. Tulsi Gabbard may have been a threat for Trump. I don't think she would have won if she got the uh, nomination. Some people would disagree. Uh, the World Economic Forum shit probably would have been a deal breaker, especially during a pandemic like that. I think the, I think the uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure the World Economic Forum connections w- would have been a, a, a death knell for a presidential campaign. But she knocked... Uh, a lot of people say, you know, well, at least Tulsi Gabbard took took uh, took out Kamala Harris. Did she? Because that bitch is allegedly asterisk attached by his president. I mean, it was entertaining. I'm not gonna lie. It was a good takedown, but one of them is completely out of politics, while the other one is vice president and congress and, and essentially also a congresswoman. But let's continue on, shall we? Uh, Hampshire primary are supporting Trump, while 32% say they are voting for Haley. 8% said they would back Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, but only because the poll was concluded uh, concluded prior to a surprise announcement on Jan- January 21st that he was suspending his campaign. Uh, just for reference, uh, again, I'm doing like the, the C-SPAN archive stuff. So I got the Arizona uh, Nikki, or sorry, the Kerry Lake audio. Got that out there, and you want to go down here. Uh, Ron DeSantis announces he's dropping out of the 2024 presidential race. So I have that right there. You want to go watch that? It's not just on BitChute; it's also on Rumble. It's on uh, all all podcast platforms: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts and whatever. Continuing on, uh, your local drug dealer probably has a copy of it. If you want to get it from him too, shout out to uh, Daryl Dixon. That's some good blue stuff. Uh, according to a fresh, uh, fresh poll, that, uh, was concluded prior to the surprise announcement on January 1st that he was spending his campaign. I just think a lot of people are like, why are they spending their campaign? It's just in case something does happen to Trump, they can re-turn on the engine last minute, maybe, if, if there's a chance for them to do it. That's why a lot of people are just suspending, not withdrawing, not ending, not, you know, it, anyway. Effectively, it's the same thing. The survey data revealed that New Hampshire voters are incredibly dialed in to the political landscape, with 92% saying they are following the race for 2024 GOP presidential nomination either very closely or somewhat closely. And the thing about New Hampshire, libertarian capital of the world. Now, previous episodes talking about the upcoming primaries, and we did talk about this, or we were talking about the election in general, and New Hampshire came up. I mentioned this. This is the pork fest state. You know, poor festivals look into it. It's the largest gathering of libertarians. It's essentially a multi-day-long libertarian fest filled with <laughs> uh, fun times. Lots of fun times. For 20 bucks, you can get a lot of fun for 20 bucks, actually. Anyway, anyway, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Now, 
you probably get a lot of libertarians voting for Haley just for the shits and giggles, and you'd also get a lot of libertarians voting for Trump, and you'd also get a lot of libertarians just not coming out. I would, I was already saying that I'm pretty confident Trump was gonna win all of this foregone conclusion. That's why I didn't follow the election super closely outside of like major events here and there and warmongering type deals. But New Hampshire is gonna be a weird state anyway. I figured Trump would pull it out and win. In the end, no matter what, but at the same time, you know, libertarians tend to be a little weird. You don't exactly know what they would do. With 92% saying that they're following the race for the 2024 GOP presidential nomination, either very closely or somewhat closely. Nationally, just 20% of the public has been paying attention to the 2024 presidential race, according to the AP NORC poll. Now, I don't know how much I believe that. Again... A lot of people around me have been talking about it. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of people in my life. Uh, like Again, MAGA confessionals. But uh, a lot of people are asking questions. Uh, a lot of people tell me... I've had people tell me that they voted for Biden in 2020. And now they got... Now, now they're considering voting for Trump. And they've come up and they've been like, so... Out of curiosity, why do you like Trump? And it's like, oh, okay. And, you know, Usually, I, like when, when it comes up... There's a tone, right? So when people come up to me and they're like, so why did you vote for Trump? And, I, and if I can't tell them... Usually, if I can't tell, or if I think they're just trying to have the conversation, I'll, I'll just ask, uh, are you trying to, are, are you actually asking because you want to have a conversation, or is this, like, maybe something that might turn into an argument? It is just fair to ask, and that tells them one thing. You want to have the conversation, but you also want to make sure they want to have the conversation. It just, it tells both parties they have genuine intent with it. Now, they get mad at that. That shows they didn't have any real genuine intent. But I've had a lot of people who voted for Biden or don't like Trump or are considering voting for Trump being like, hey, yeah, well, what, why do you like him? You know, I kind of just want to hear the sales pitch. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, well, here. You know, wars, yeah, all the, all the same shit you've heard a million times before, right? I was like, oh, okay. They just want that last little little bit of confidence building. Like, oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Or maybe they just want to hear, like, someone else say something they've been thinking or whatever. You know, confirmation type deals. Uh, 86% of respondents to the post-survey post survey say... Survey says... MAGA. Uh, says they are motivated to vote in the GOP primary. Anti-Trump politicos are hoping that Haley defeats <laughs> Lol. in the New Hampshire primary, which is often seen as a bellwether for the remaining primary contest. Now, about that. There really are no remaining primary contests. It's over. Trump won New Hampshire. Trump won Iowa. It was predicted. Everybody knew it was coming. Everybody paying attention knew it was fucking coming. It was a foregone. Conclusion. It was always going to be. It was inevitable. Um, Haley's campaign has already sent out letters to supporters vowing to stay in the race, even if she loses. Doesn't matter. Doesn't fucking matter. She, if she, if she's retarded enough to stay on until Super Tuesday, that is the end of her entire possible political career, unless Trump gives her a job, which would be a fucking mistake. And here's the thing, Trump's not making her VP. That's been ruled out by everybody. Everybody. John Don Jr. said if he if his dad made Nikki Haley's VP, he wouldn't support his dad for re-election. And he's already talked to his dad about it. That's not 
thing. Tucker Carlson said he would actively work against it. Trump has called her a warmonger and look at the ads against her. It's clearly not in the cards. It's clearly not in the cards. Now, vague, unlikely, but there's a possibility there. It's kind of remnant to the 2016 shit with uh, Rand Paul. Because, look, people thought there was a chance that maybe Rand Paul would be the VP pick. Because all he did was, Rand Paul's kind of ugly. And I could make fun of him. I could do a lot with that. But I'm respectfully holding back. It's kind of like his uh, counter Vivek post he did like eight hours before Vivek dropped out and supported Trump. You know, so I'm like, oh, you know, people saying, no, oh, well, I think Vivek could be VP. Kind of reminds me of people saying, oh, I think Rand Paul could be VP for, for, for Trump back in 2016. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, if I can. But continuing on. <clears throat> we've heard, quote, we've heard multiple members of the press say New Hampshire is, quote, the best it's going to get for Nikki. Due to independents and unaffiliated voters being able to vote in the Republican primary, the reality is that the path uh, through Super Tuesday includes more states than not that have this dynamic, the memo reads. Quote, independents voting in primaries uh, quote, independents voting in primaries is nothing new. Historically, GOP nominees have relied on independents as part of their path to victory, including Donald Trump in 2016 in the Memo States. Quote, but in, 26, in 2024, Nikki Haley is the beneficiary of those independents. Ugh, does not look that time necessarily came out in the wash, but okay, bud. In both the Republican primaries and the general election. That's why Trump, Trump's own pollsters show her beating Biden by 17 points. All the polls show Biden beating everybody out. Actually, here's the thing. Uh, Trump, or Biden beats, uh, loses to Trump, loses to Haley, loses to DeSantis. That's what most of the polls were showing. A handful of polls were suggesting that actually DeSantis would lose to Biden in the end. But... That was like one or two polls. None of that really moved the general aggregate either way. To be fair here. Uh, Trump, however, dismisses Haley's resilience, speculating that her campaign may implode following a likely loss in New Hampshire. Yeah, I mean, that's what happened to the Never Back Down pack with Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis had the Never Back Down campaign and then post-Iowa... Uh, the head of that organization, the head of the head of the super PAC dropped out. A lot of the fundraisers uh, got fired, and a lot of the events got suspended. A lot of speaking events got uh, canceled last minute, and then just like up oh, surprise, yeah, we're done. We're dropping out. Ooh, two to lose. <clears throat> but continuing on, quote: Every day the republic, every day the Republican Party is becoming more and more unified. Trump told supporters the evening before New Hampshire primary. We started off with 13 opponents, and now we are down to two people. And I think one person will be gone probably tomorrow. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Inside Four Walls. Again, the, the Iowa primaries, it's, it's done. It's now 1.12 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, Trump won New Hampshire. Trump swept Iowa. Trump swept New Hampshire. I'm going to wrap this up here. Watch some weird fucking 3 a.m ballot shit happens but until then i will talk to y'all later dose nikki haley and why did you vote for nikki haley uh it's a vote against trump uh, i think it would be better to have 
her against Biden in the uh, elections, then it would be Trump and her. Do you consider yourself generally independent, Republican, or Democrat? Uh, Democrat. So when you undeclared, you voted for Nikki Haley. If it was Nikki Haley against Joe Biden in a general election, who are you voting for? Joe Biden. What is the Christian? Who did you vote for and why? Yeah, so thank you. I voted for Nikki Haley, and it was certainly a strategic vote. Um, I think the DNC is fairly resolute in their nomination for Joe Biden. Uh, and while I wouldn't vote for her in a general election, particularly on our differences with uh, climate change solution, a woman's right to bodily autonomy, or uh, incarceration rates, I think a vote for Nikki Haley is helps diminish Trump's influence in the RNC and their nomination, but is also a vote towards democracy. And Christian is emblematic of so many conversations that I've had here throughout the day. Rachel? Alex, Christian, thank you very much. Appreciate it. It's good to have that perspective. I'm going to watch you decimate me on television. Okay. To say the crowd wasn't here. Can you imagine? I actually had one reporter. Were you at the ice hockey arena the other night? It set a record. And I had a report that said, oh, the crowd was okay. It was okay. No, we've had, uh, I think, more enthusiasm than even the other two races. President, we did very well. what's the biggest threat to America? Is it the leftist communists? Is it the rhino Republicans that stab you in the back? Or is it the, the mainstream media? Very fair question. I actually think the radical left is a tremendous threat to our country. And I think the rhino Republicans are just stupid people. But the radical left is a major threat. Drawing screams and sobs of joy. Uh, she and all this hysteria over a cup. The Stanley Quencher Cup, that is. Sold in over a hundred different colors, the $45 reusable bottles are flying off shelves. The hashtag Stanley Cup racking up 6.7 billion views on TikTok, with videos of fans collecting them, decorating them, naming them, even camping out for them. Everyone in school basically has them. Usually I don't drink a lot of water, but like when I have this cup, I drink like more water. Believe it or not, the Stanley brand has been around for more than a century. These cups used to be favored among construction workers, but in 2017, after a popular mommy blog posted about them, the company introduced new pastel colors and sales skyrocketed from 73 million in 2019 to 750 million last year. Adding to the hype, viral videos of the cup's apparent indestructibility. Love is already in the air for Valentine's Day. Take a look at this line of shoppers outside the Fairview Park Target this morning. They were waiting to get their hands on a pink or red Stanley Cup. You know those water bottles that have become real popular? Some are waiting outside in the cold since 4.30 this morning. The new Valentine's Day tumblers are a limited edition release with Target, and they have quickly garnered quite the following. Absolutely freezing. Not my first time doing this. It's for my seven-year-old daughter. She really wants the Barbie cup. Not to her. The FOMO. The adrenaline rush, for sure. The Valentine's Day Stanleys are only available at Target, and it looks like you're going to have to act quickly to snag one. Hi. 
Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Bucks, and this is, of course, Stars. Now, here's a funny one for you. California woman arrested after stealing $2,500 worth of Stanley Cups. Oh, boy. The Stanley Quencher has soared in popularity over the last two years, thanks in part to TikTok. Yeah, here's the thing, right? Yeah, that Starbucks, Pink, Stanley Cup. Now, the thing that threw me off for it, right... Is at first I didn't get what was going on, right? All of a sudden, all these white bitches who are on the like White Claw Ranch water and that seltzer shit, right? All of a sudden, we're talking about Stanley Cups. And my thing, now you know, I I work in a warehouse. I I come from working in kitchens. I have a lot of Stanley shit. I have Stanley lunch boxes, the big green motherfucker, like the old school factory looking ones. Yep, I got the big army fucking pea soup green Stanley lunchbox. I got the massive, I got like three of the massive Stanley, you know, insulated thermoses. I got like three of the, like the big, big ones. I got some of like the small, like 24 ounces and like the 44, like 48 ounce ones. I got a handful of Stanley ones. I get them at garage sales. When I see Stanley, I buy Stanley. When I see it on sale, if I can afford it, if it's worth getting, I'll get it there. I have a lot of Stanley stuff, right? And it caught me off guard. It's kind of like a couple, like about eight years ago, right? I'm working in restaurants. I'm working in mo- I'm working in uh, tattoo shops. I'm work. I'm I'm working in places that require me to have some rugged clothing, essentially. And before Carhartt went all, we're gonna do the vaccine mandate anyway. And I was like, I'm not wearing Carhartt ever again. I had a lot of Carhartts, and all of a sudden these hipster, soy-filled, fucking Mumford and Son enjoying pitchfork music reading fag fucks all of a sudden get these fucking stupid goddamn dumb fucking weird fucking nylon neon bright colored fucking car heart stupid fucking shirts and shit and i'm all thrown off by it because you get all these weird fucking green haired tiny ass twink looking chicks with Skrillex haircuts that are neon green, wearing Carhartt, wearing a fucking brown, wearing that that specific beige, brown, khaki, whatever color you want to call it, Carhartt beanie, with the fucking gray sweater, and the Doc Martin boots, with the fucking overalls, or some shit like that. You know, you can, you can, you can mentally encapsulize and visualize the exact bitch I'm talking about and I I curiosity the one you're envisioning does she also have lip rings in as well because one in my head has fucking lip rings too these obnoxious bitches started wearing Carhartt and they don't work they didn't buy these clothes to work in they just bought these fucking clothes because I don't know it was a trend or something and all of a sudden the price of these working man's clothes skyrocketed all my working clothes are Wrangler now uh, not, nothing shit on. I actually really like Wrangler as a brand. But I'm just saying, you know. Now, like, actually, yeah, speaking of, actually, this one's Yeti. Ah, same cup of coffee from the other segment. But, uh, that, that, that one's actually Yeti. Anyway. <clears throat> you know, and then, it's the same thing. Uh, like, ten years before that, in, like, 2008, you know, I've been a fan of UFC ever since, like, like pre-what it is now. You got, like, Rage in a Cage and shit. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, oh, I love all that, that actual fighting shit. Real fighting. Um, uh, well, unless that's Sean Strickland outcome, maybe not. But, 
beside the point. You know, like, you got all these dudes wearing fight gear and tap out that have never been in a match. They were just wearing fight gear just to wear fight gear. Really weird time. And now you got all these bitches going around wearing with Stanley brand stuff. And now it's with Starbucks. This is bad. This is obnoxious. This is annoying. But I see the headline. I think it's worth a fucking chuckle. California woman arrested after stealing $2,500 worth of Stanley Cubs. The Stanley Quencher has soared in popularity over the last two years. Thanks in part to TikTok. Yeah. These big fuck-alls. But here's the, here's the real care to it. I'm actually thinking about getting one. For two reasons. One, you know, I work in a warehouse, long hours, and I'm usually carrying... I got one of these big jumbo fucking... Uh, I don't know exactly know the size offhand, but it's, it's like the biggest size of these handheld tumblers you can get. Like, massive ones. It comes with like a handle attachment. Uh, and a Stanley full of coffee. I essentially carry a pot and a half of coffee with me when I walk out the door for work in the morning. Um, and... Uh, at the end of my shift, it's all gone. Both cups are gone. But I have two cups to wash. I could just get one of these big fucking things, potentially, and uh, just have it all with me in one. Because these are, these are fuck all huge. And I could get behind it. Let's continue on. Law enforcement in Cal... Law enforcement in California arrested a woman who allegedly... Allegedly... Stole $2,500 of extremely popular cups made by Stanley. Again, is Stanley no longer the working man's uh, brand? Because that's what it used to be. A 23-year-old, of course it is, from Sacra fucking Mento. Oh. Sacmo. Go fuck yourselves. I, I, ugh. <clears throat> Actually, let's look real quick. Yeah, okay, so look. 10% of you are okay. 10% of you in Sacramento are completely cool individuals, and I have no beef with y'all whatsoever. That being said, let's get back into the article so I can, you know, shit on California. Actually, maybe I should shit on California. I think your residents are doing that enough already. Was arrested by Roseville police officers after her car was spotted getting on the highway. Police had been contacted shortly after a reported shoplifting incident. Photos of the incident show the trunk of the woman's car filled with Stanley Quench tumblers, which retail for $35 to $50 based on size. In total, the woman is believed to have taken 65 cups from multiple retailers. Oh my god. You know, okay, so she was definitely reselling selling this. I wonder if she was doing like the Etsy thing. Where she like decorates them, paints them, does whatever the fuck, and then sells them on Etsy for like eighty to ninety dollars each. I love that hustle. It's such a good one. I I'll see that shit. I'll go on Etsy to get like plugs and shit, you know, because you get some really cool plugs on Etsy. And I'm talking about like ear jewelry. I guess people are like, what, what do you mean plugs? But you know, I always see these these uh, these these tumblers. There's like a Yeti tumbler that's like thirty, forty five bucks at the store for like $85 cause some bitch covered it in stickers she got in like an 80 sticker pack bundle on Amazon for four bucks. She spent four bucks on Amazon Prime, got like 180 stickers mailed to her, covered a 
$30 tumbler in, in them. So for the cost of $35 plus like a $4 can of like sealer spray, like clear coat, she sells it to you on Etsy for like $80 plus you pay shipping and handling. That shit's just funny as fuck to me. I respect the hustle. I've, I consider getting into it myself potentially. But if I did that, I would print like my memes on it and mail it to you guys. Do like a raffle thing, like a subscription raffle. I have thoughts. I have plans. I'm scheming. I stay scheming. In total, the woman... That's that... I'm gonna make that joke. In total, the woman is believed to have taken 65 cups from multiple retailers. The staff members at the stores contacted the authorities after seeing a woman... See, that's the thing. She exceeded the the, the $1,000... Uh... Uh, minimum response. So, so you could steal a minimum of a thousand dollars worth of merchandise in California before police really rush to get involved. I shit you not. It, we'll, we'll we'll get into that later, potentially. Uh, bu- 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 a member, uh, staff members at the store contacted the authorities after seeing a woman quote take a shopping cart full of Stanley water bottles without paying for them. Yeah, they just turned around and walked out. On Jan 17th, quote, the suspect refused to stop her staff and stuffed her car with stolen merchandise. Roseville police wrote in a message on Facebook, quote, while Stanley quenchers are all the rage, we strongly advise against turning to crime to fulfill your hydration habits. The suspect, the suspected shoplifter, has been charged with grand theft and driving while under the influence, according to NPR. Her name has not been publicly released. Stanley has been around for over 110 years. Its founder, William Stanley, invented the vacuum-sealed bottle in 1913, which allows drinks to retain their temperature for an extended period of time. The company largely sold products like thermoses, lunchboxes, and coolers that were designed for durability and largely marketed to working men. And then here came the white Starbucks drinking bitches. The communista baristas, if you will. Quote, shout out to anybody who gets the reference. Quote, Today, Stanley's built for life promises, promise means that your granddad's thermos that supported pilots in World War II actually, actually, I'm, I'm going to give some, some credit here, could very well get set beside that brand spanking new classic vacuum insulated, uh, vacuum insulated bottle you picked up for your everyday weekend camping trip the company said in a statement in September of 2017 actually, yeah, they're not wrong uh, I don't think it's from World War Two, but it is from the forties. I, I one of my Stanley uh, cups is actually from the forties, and it belonged to my grandfather. Uh, and then I got Grandpa on the other side of the family. I got one of his Stanleys too, but it's a lunchbox. I just need to get new hinges on it because over time the pins and the hinges just like the hinges themselves just broke off. So I'm just gonna. Tack weld that shit on. Just, you know, it's one of the things you you put on on, on on your welding bench, like in the little bottom part, and it just sits there for fucking ever. And you never actually touch it. Like, I don't know. I've been meaning to fix a lunchbox, but I got this Bucky's lunchbox. It's insulated. Keeps my shit hot. Keeps my shit cold. Whatever I need to do with it. So, like, 
the determination just hasn't been there. But it is true. I I, uh, I will say, in a, in, we live in a world where everything is designed to be replaced, and, and le, le, let's just admit it. The baby boomers are probably the last generation that has shit they can pass it down to the future generation. Sure, we have, like, gaming consoles. Like, we got, like, Sega Genesis's and shit like that. Like, we got some things we can pass down records, cassette tapes. But even then, like, the ability to repair those and all that have completely been subverted and taken away from you. And now you can learn how to do it yourself, which I think is actually quite a useful thing, you know, in, in a way. Without having the ability to just take it somewhere to, and pay somebody to have it fixed, it has created a, a, a whole new business for people who... I, I've seen postings where it's like, Hi, is your record warped? I can fix that. And it's like just some dude using an old school method to fix records. Like, you, you know, again, the shit you can find online is actually really cool. But Stanley is, is a, a company that still makes high-end shit. Still makes good things that will be passed on. And again... Just drawing from reference, I have Stanley thermoses, specifically thermoses in a lunchbox from two separate grandpas that are from, one's from for sure the 40s and the other one's from the 70s, but still I got it today. And then my kids will get it in a few years from now. This is all very cool, you know, especially when you think about it. A lot of the stuff that we have is designed not to... Oh. Okay, the audio was weird for a second. I'm sorry. But like, like, like I said, planned obsolescence. It says something that's actually planned to be here for a while. The brand Quencher's Tumblr was introduced in 2016 and jumped in popularity in part because of a post the retail blog The Buy Guide in 2017 and rumor and a rumor 2019 that the product was on the brink of being discontinued. The cub went viral in 2023. On TikTok, under the tag, Water Talk. Oh, is this that thing? I got nieces, and I got nephews, and, you know, despite doing the meme compilations, I'm really just into, like, the racist memes. You know, I'm really just into the edgy 4chan memes, if you haven't told about the meme compilations upload. But is this that meme that had uh, my nephews and nieces going around going, A couple of years ago, because there's a, a a thing where they're like, "You're a disco girl," and they were doing that to each other, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on? You speaking fucking parcel mouths, bitch? Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, protect me." You know that kind of thing. So, okay, is that, is that what all that was? Oh, I was curious. They, they said it has some something to do with water bottle. I remember that being a thing for for a short period of time. Same thing with, like, the scrunchies on, on, on the, the wrists. But moving on. I'm only 26. I'm, I'm really not old enough to be this out, out, out of the loop with modern memes. It's just meme trends over the last, like, three years have just seemed so artificial. and just seemed so, like, uninteresting that I'm still over here all about. You know what my favorite meme still is? It's a frog on a unicycle. Oh, here comes that boy. Oh shit, what up? Like, that's still my favorite fucking meme of all time. It is peak autistic. Retarded 2016 meme. It's my favorite frog meme. Uh, but you know, here comes that boy and whatnot. But continuing on. Stanley now produces the product in a wide variety of colors and partnered with Starbies. 
to design winter pink cups that customers camped outside uh that customers camped outside of targets across the country to buy jesus christ i remember seeing all people were posting it on facebook marketplace i check facebook marketplace all the time for like new tech and camera equipment and i saw so many of these fucking cups in and out of packages different prices with and without star uh like like straws in and out of packages it was goofy but it, it's uh, it's a thing you see every time this, this kind of stuff happens like when hostess went out of business back like 50 God, it was like 15, 16 years ago. Hostess went out of business. People were selling unopened boxes of Twinkies for like 180 bucks, and individual Twinkies were going for like 25 bucks, or some insane shit like that. It was fucking wild. And then you had people actually spending all this money on Twinkies. My brother, who's a tattoo artist, he bought himself a big ass box of fucking Twinkies. I think it was like, at the time it was like $94 or something like that. Like, he was like, I got it on deal. Literally two weeks later, it was like announced that Hostess was coming back. I don't know if anybody remembers this or if anybody, or, you know, some of my audience is a little bit on the younger side. So maybe they don't know about this. But yeah, Hostess just didn't exist for like a year and a half in like 2009, 2010. They like went completely out of business. It was a big meme. It was a big, big meme. Jib Jab had a lot of uh, custom shorts you could make with it. Anyway, let's continue on. Uh, the couple went viral in 2023 on TikTok under the tag Water Talk and was a must-have item among many millennial and Gen Z women. Stanley now produces the product in a wide variety of colors. I read all that. Outside Target across the country to buy. Customers also rushed to buy the Galentine's Day red and pink versions of the cup which were also exclusively sold at target many of cups many of the cups are now being resold on ebay at much higher prices yeah we just we were just talking about that a little bit ago actually according to time magazine a spokesperson for stanley has reported that the year over year sales of the quencher increased by 275 percent in 2022 and that sales of all the sizes of their tumblers had increased by 751%. Ooh. Is Stanley a publicly traded company? I wonder. Anyway, you know, no financial advice. I'm just wondering that myself, personally. I need to look into that. Uh, increased by 751% in a year. Wow. Wow. Okay. Quote. It's nearly impossible to scroll through the app now without seeing at least one video of a creator displaying their vast collection of water bottles or trying to sell a customized tumbler, the outlet noted on January 5th. Actually, can't this isn't investment advice at all. It's just personal experience. I'm, I, I, uh, for some reason, man, I'll just be, uh, my, like, one, like, one of my, one of the companies I'm invested in is Build-A-Bear. And I bought it as a joke because I had some extra money after Elon Musk uh, bought uh, bought X. So I already had like two shares of it I, I-, I bought. I made my Weeble account during the whole uh, GameStop AMC shit going on back in 2021. I, uh, I bought, you know, I bought a- AMC and GameStop stuff. But when I made my Weeble account, they gave you like a draw of like, so you got two free stakes in, in a company and I got like some energy thing that was like 25 cents a, a share 
and like on the losing side of things like for years on end and i got builder bear and then i was just like you know elon musk buys it and i put all the mo- i put my money into rumble and then i'm just like i'll buy some builder bear and the builder bear was still doing good i'm like oh that's interesting builder bear has never gone down in value for me i noticed builder bear is a really strong stock to invest in it's a cheap stock, but it's a stock that maintains its value and just like slowly goes up. And then around the holidays, it triples and quadruples in value. Around Valentine's Day, it quadruples in value. Around holidays, it quadruples in value. And like the birthday months, like April and February, you know, we have Valentine's Day and then you have like April, which is a big birthday month. It just quadruples, man. Same thing with September, it spikes. So there, there are these years where it just spikes and then it levels out and stays green. It's good. That being said, you know, this is just a funny little episode. You know, there's so much real crime going on. And this is a real crime, too. But, you know, you got, like, people being stabbed. You got illegal immigrants raping and murdering people. Fentanyl pouring in. Well, you better go and stop this bitch with her fucking Stanley Cups. Wow, look at this. These cops did photo ops and everything. This shit's hilarious. All right, so we got that. Look at all these photos. Um... <laughs> yeah. Wow. Look at that. Just trunks filled. They lit up on all the cars and everything. That's fucking hilarious. But that being said, I'm going to wrap this episode of Inside Four Walls up here. And I will, uh, I will you guys later. Oh, there's your coffee. Finally, the pastor of Dad's Place in Bryan, Ohio, facing charges tonight after opening his church to the homeless. The local zoning commission told the church they could no longer house the homeless because there's no bedrooms and people are not allowed to eat or sleep on the property. Apparently, it's better to do so outside in the cold. The pastor has racked up 18 charges of zoning violations. He says he gets a new charge every day that he remains open. And that pastor, Chris Avell, joins us now along with his attorney at First Liberty Institute, Jeremy Diss. Uh, Dice, Jeremy, or Diss? Dice. Dice, got it. So sorry, pastor, to you, your church is not allowed to take in the homeless. Kind of conundrum here because they're saying you don't have beds, but you're not allowed to have beds. So because you don't have beds, you can't have homeless staying in there overnight. It seems unbelievable that they want the people outside in the cold versus inside the church. Yeah, well, last year we made the decision uh, to keep our church doors open 24-7. We had opened um, during uh, extreme heat and extreme cold before to allow people in. And it's kind of this idea we believe that anyone who's weary and burdened, uh, they can come and find rest. And we believe it's true rest, like rest for their souls and as a church, we believe we're commanded to take those care of those in need. It's not optional. And it's our mission to show Christ's love to even those the world re- rejects, like people who God loves right. them, you know, but it, that's our belief, right? He, he loves them so much. He sent his son, Jesus, to rescue anyone who turns to him in faith. We yep. believe that. And um, in November, the city delivered a letter. They actually posted a sign outside the church um, kind of saying you have 10 days to get the people out and stop this ministry. And 
Um, I just can't do that. I, I, I have to follow Christ. And uh, the people who stay, they stay because they have nowhere else to go. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, no one wants to stay in a church, um, but but they, they have nowhere else to go. We're the church. We won't send them away. And yeah. so, unfortunately, the city doesn't agree, and they filed 18 criminal charges against me. And uh, But I'm convinced, Trace, that the church is not just called to teach and preach, but to feed the hungry, welcome the stranger, visit the prisoner, clothe the naked, care for the widow and the orphan. That's what— yeah. The Bible says, and and uh, it it matters to me because uh, I believe that everything we do, we do for Jesus. That's what yeah. I believe. Chris, you're a good man. Uh, uh, now to you, Jeremy, because the chief of Bryan Police told Action News, quoting here, a reasonable amount of time was given for both the tenant and property owner to fix the issues. Due to the safety of all involved, the city moved forward with filing charges to fix the issues, to put beds in a place you can't. I don't get. There's no remedy. There's no fix. No, I want folks to think about this for a second. If you're a pastor, think about driving up to your church on Sunday morning like Pastor Avell did this past Sunday morning, getting out of your car to find a squad car pulling up beside you and out pops a police officer and hands you uh, 18 different criminal charges for the offense of caring for the homeless in the dead of winter. That's what it's come to. It's not enough for the city of Bryan, Ohio to uh, to castigate them on a civil basis for failing to yeah. abide by this, that, or the other thing. They've already violated the law in that regard. We're going to hold them accountable for that. Right. But to then tell the pastor and to hold him criminally responsible for daring to take care of the homeless in the frigid winter, they would rather kick these folks to the curb in the cold outdoors uh, of, of December and early January than allow the church to remain a church open 24-7 to those who need it the most. It's unconscionable. I've seen a lot of things at firstliberty.org, but this takes the cake. <laughs> this is taking the cake. Pastor, you get a new charge every day that you allow the homeless. Is it worth it? Will you keep going? Absolutely. I, I, I have no choice. I mean, honestly, I can't say this is about God. It's about his love for the poor, for the marginalized, for people like me who have fallen short or are in desperate need of help. Um, God gave me a love for them, Trace, because he first loved me. You know, I wasn't always a believer. I used to be an atheist. And uh, and this is what God did for me. I was spiritually homeless, and he provided a home for me in heaven. I believe that. And uh, and, and Trace, he's put a, a burden on my heart for them. Uh, many of these people, they've been rejected by their families. They've been cast aside by their communities. So if the church isn't willing to lay down her life for them, who will? Like, this is what we're called to do. And I can't help it because I believe this is the mission of the church, um, to, to make disciples. And this is how we do it, by showing the love of Christ, preaching the truth, and laying down our lives in service and in humility as Christ laid down his life for us. That's what I believe. Yeah. Uh, again, I reiterate, you're a good man, Pastor Chris Avell, Jeremy Dice. Uh, best of luck on your fight. We will keep checking in with you to find out how this is going. And uh, we wish you all the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Trace. Hey, welcome back to Inside of Four Walls, and we have an interesting one for you today. Ohio Church filed a federal lawsuit after a pastor was charged for allowing homeless people to sleep there. Quote, Some of the calls were for criminal mischief, trespassing, overdose, larceny, harassment, disturbing the peace, and sexual assault, the city alleged. Now, here's the thing. I've heard this story talked about by quite a few people, and it seems to be going in two different ways, right? A lot of people say, well, they just house the homeless. You have that guy who's on TikTok and YouTube, big, all tatted up, 
former convict guy with the big beard has had us his make Peter's afraid again. And sometimes he just has really retarded fucking takes. Like completely retarded fucking takes. And he did like an in-depth analysis of this one, and I could tell he was jumping over a lot of shit. And with these stories, a lot of things tend to get overlooked. Like, for example, during the hurricanes and floods, when Joel Steen was telling people, no, I don't come to my church for shelter, it wasn't him telling them that. It was literally the city saying that if you have any of these people in your church during this event, we will come for your building. So, you know. Now, I would say as a man of God, he should. St. Joel Steen's a man of God. I know, I know. But he, he should have, like, oh, well, too bad. I'm going to guess I, I might have to deal with this legally later on. I had so much support behind him, too. But let's get into this. By Cassandra McDonald. An Ohio church has filed a federal religious discrimination lawsuit after its pastor was charged for allowing homeless people to sleep there. The church, Dad's Place in Bryan, Ohio. Dad's Place? began offering temporary housing to people in need last year. The city raised zoning and safety concerns and ordered them to stop, but the pastor, Chris Avell, refused to comply. According to the report from NPR, Avell now faces 18 zoning code violations, which are punishable by fines to six months in prison, or both. In the lawsuit filed Monday, the church argued that providing food and shelter to those in need, uh, who need it, is a protected religious activity. Now, I believe it is. Um, I, however, do not believe that, like, okay, so, if we're talking about people living in your church, this comes into an entirely different problem. Especially if a lot of people living in your church are people with drug problems. Uh, a lot of the homeless community tend to have drug problems, tend to be very violent individuals. And then you all to a small church together, you could get a lot of violence. You and drug use, all that is very plausible. I mean, hell, you hear about it all the time. Do you? I don't live that far from Detroit, man. I can't tell you the amount of like horror stories you hear about, like um, you know, abused women's shelters. Like there's stories about women's shelters getting their front doors kicked in by like jaded boyfriends and ex-husbands and shit looking for the woman to finish what he started, essentially. So you, you, you know, you hear these stories all the time. So if this church is in like, you know, a community and it wants, it, you know, and, and the church is attracting more and more people who are of this violent nature and perhaps the church, you know, the problem you have with a lot of these more modern day, more progressive churches is they're not really there for rehabilitation. They're there to just kind of offer a safe place for debauchery. And that's a big problem. And instead of acting like a rehabilitation where they offer you resources and encourage you to get aid, and if you don't get aid, they turn you away and tell you to leave the premises. Which, that's what a good church does that. I mean, I'm sure if people are going to disagree with me, I don't give a fuck. If you make a valid argument, you know, a good argument, you can sway my mind, but... Uh, yeah, no, a church is not obligated to anyone. A church isn't... Uh, uh, People have a lot of... uh, People expect a lot more from the church than they should. And in many ways, the church operates as a secondary branch of government in a lot of people's lives. And that's a big fucking problem. That also has led to the weak Christian standing in in America. Like, progressive Christians have... uh, 
literally ran a fucking muck in this country, and and and, and it's disgusting. It has allowed a lot of socialist and communist teachings into the church as well, and I'm just not here for it. Like, just look at the fucking Pope, though I would say Catholics are not Christian, too much oil worship. Yeah, you're totally Christian, that's why you pray to all the saints and all these dead historical figures that aren't, you know, Christ. Okay. It's weird you don't pray to God, it's weird you pray to saints it's a little, a little weird like there's no biblical justification for the Pope of the Vatican I have a whole conspiracy theory about the Pope of the Vatican but I'll say that for a little chat um anyway uh, Dad's Place Brian began offering temporary housing to people in the city raised money and safety concerns ordering them to stop but the pastor Chris Avell refused to comply according to a report from NPR Avell now faces 18 zoning code violations all that, but in the lawsuit filed on Monday the church argued that providing food and shelter to those in need is a protected... Uh, again, it, it is. And if you're just providing food and shelter, then that's one thing. If you're just providing food and, you know, temporary shelter, that's one thing. But if you're having people full-on live and take up residence and shelter for long-term periods in your church, again, you tend to, with this kind of crowd, you, you can attract real, unwanted, unsavory types of figures, and if your church isn't strongly pushing the, you know, clean up your acts, if not for God, for yourself, and it's just enabling them, then that's going to drag the entire community down, as that church essentially goes from being a place of worship and shelter to essentially a drug den disguised as a place of, uh, again, a, a, lot, a lot of these churches... A lot of these progressive churches are really just like faux religious centers that push DEI bullshit and preach a fake progressive gospel of the day and them. It's retarded. And, and I, I will Quote, churches have throughout history in this country and in others, uh, they have taken in anybody who walks through their doors. Churches simply have the right to care for them. Jeremy dies. Who is representing Avell said in a lawsuit according to the report. The complaint asks for the charges against Avell to be dropped and for the city to be uh, city to be barred and ca- uh, barred from kicking people out of the church. Again, I, I absolutely agree. I don't think the federal government should have any ability to step into the church, and I am very dubious and very, very lucky. Okay. No, local authorities cannot step into the church too. But the thing is it wasn't like the police just stepped in here. Local residents raised the concerns. Local residents are the ones that make the complaint, which means the right level, the right channels were utilized for this. And now it goes to court. And look, if, if there is nothing dubious going on, then that's fine. It's just, and normally I would give a church a benefit of a doubt. But with what we've seen with progressive Christianity and the pride flags and how a lot of these churches in a lot of these bigger cities have heard just become glorified drug dens, I do not extend the benefit of a doubt. And it's unfortunate, too. It, it really is. Uh, though I, I think, unfortunately, we live in a time where people are best... Uh, if you... I, I think people are better off building their own church. Sort of. and, and, and what I mean is, like, just get you and your friends together and do a Bible study in somebody's house. Or go camping something. Have like a, a group gather in somebody's backyard or residence. Whatever the fuck. Take turns. Whatever. And have a little congregation held up there. 
the organized big church thing, even the small local churches, they're, they're just so captured. It's, you know, I, I just, I, I, I get more out of more intimate settings where you have like a small five to 12 person gathering at like a barbecue setting or around a campfire or some small quiet setting where there's multiple people like take turns and you, you read verses and you go through the scripture discuss what it means and that, that you get more of an intimate setting and you also get multiple people of faith gathered and uh in the main or main purpose of large churches and local churches in your community should be more or less for your well, well that's what it is it's, it's to know people in your community who you share faith with it's a good way to net build a network and to know who in your community shares a like-minded view with you because if you're you know protestant you know it's, it's if you know who else is in your neighborhood's protestant if you're catholic it's a good way to know who in your neighborhood's catholic if you're jewish you know, sitting in a church but whatever you know so on and so forth you get that idea uh, a, a big problem is you have a lot of people who have the bible spoken to them but they never read it themselves. So many Christians never read their own book. They have somebody yell a book at them. And they never take the time to actually figure out, is it this person's interpretation? Is, is, is the head of my church telling me the actual scripture for what it is? Or are they just shoveling their ideologies down my throat? A lot of people would just rather sit passive and, and act like church is a continuation of their fucking public school career where they just sit there and have some so-called authority figure lecture them about what it all means and they don't actually crack it themselves they just kind of nod and memorize what they're told by the person you 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 get the point of driving home but yes also at the same time if a church is a, a church should offer resources the church should offer protection a church should offer resources and aid and help and food for those who need it so long as the people seeking that are also seeking to better themselves even if it's not necessarily to become a christian right it's not necessarily even about becoming a christian it's about how can we conserve you the, the individual the, the, the living entity to have the healthiest life you can have what do you need to get started you know if that's a shower a clean pair of clothes and some food and a night of rest and a ride to a job interview the following morning after a good breakfast then so be it but the bottom line is there has to be that commitment to self-improvement again you don't have to do it for god but at least show it for yourself but you have a lot of churches that don't want to do that they want to just enable it and say fuzzy flowery bullshit so they can fill pews instead of filling the heart that's a big fucking problem it's a really big problem and again look i'm lutheran i'm not gonna i'm look i uh to newer subscribers bringing up my faith is this is not that common of thing it just happens to be the lineup of articles it's just sort of happened to come up all right lutherans are no better even the so-called strictest synods of us have fallen into a lot of these woke ideologies. And it's unfortunate, you know, there's a lot of infighting. Me, I don't have, I'm homeless when it comes to churches. So I just, you know, gather with groups. Um, I'm also, I also got some views that a lot of Lutherans would turn their noses up. But a lot of Lutherans and a lot of Protestant churches, as well as the Catholic Church, have adopted a lot of practices that I had turned my nose and back on. 
and I, uh, I don't intend to go in back. It just kind of is how it is. Uh, your church is uh, essentially you have to be yourself and whatever group you decide, or whatever extra person or individual you choose to practice worship. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should say that for a let's chat down the road. But we'll we'll, we'll continue on. The complaint asks for the charges against Avell to be dropped and for the city to be barred from kicking people out of the church. On Friday, the city published a press release that said that beginning last May, they began receiving reports of inappropriate activity at the church. Quote, some of the calls were criminal mischief, trespassing, overdose, larceny, harassment, disturbing the peace, and sexual assault, the press release alleged. The city also said that there were 18 violations of Ohio Fire Code discovered during an inspection by the chief of police. The statement continued, quote, A church does not have any special rights under the zoning code in a city, uh, in the city, expects, uh, ex- city expects Pastor Avell and Dad's place to follow the law. Again, that's what I was saying. You're right, there's certain privileges you have, but when it comes to, like, a fire hazard church being a, a, a risk to the community, you're not protected. And yeah, that raises a big red flag that this, this church has this response to it. Now, February 9th, the trial will begin. Now, let's, uh, let's, let's do some real quick. Pastor in the city of Brian was raped this morning for housing the homeless in his church. Pastor Chris Avell, he pleaded not guilty on 18 counts. Those charges included zoning violations for running a church that sheltered the homeless. The law states residential use in first floor buildings in business district is banned. The pastor tells WTOL 11 he was just doing his God-given duty. This is what the Lord God teaches, is to take care of the little orphan and get rid of our church. And we had people who may not be what does that mean? Hold on, hold on. What? God given duty. This is what the Lord God teaches is to take care of the widow orphan and be a place in the church. And we had people who they may not be kids under the law, but they're orphans. What does that mean? What does that mean? Hold on. Kids under the law? Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, it, red flags abounded from the beginning. A lot of people were all, 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 usually when it comes to a church and people with pride flags are defending the church, usually I know some bullshit's up. And then he goes, I know they may not be kids under the law, but they're children under God. It's like, what, what does that fucking mean? Are you housing illegal immigrants? And if you're housing illegal immigrants, illegal immigrants bring crime. It's a fucking fact. Alright, alright. And then I'm over here, right here. Dad's place filed a lawsuit on January 22nd. Over here at Fox 10, Phoenix. Which is a local station on Phoenix, but not Ohio. Anyway, uh, right here. Pastor Chris Chevelle declined to follow the city's mandates and is facing 18 zoning code violations which 
involve up to six months in prison, fines, or both, NPR reported. Dad's place filed a lawsuit on January 22nd stating that providing food and shelter to people in need is a religious activity and it is being treated uh, threatened by city officials related to zoning laws. The suit also calls for charges against the pastor to be dropped while requesting certainty that the city of Bryan won't prevent anyone from staying at Dad's place. Again, I hate that name. That name is a massive red fucking flag. Their motto is a church that loves like a family. That is a massive red flag. That shit, your church is named my is named Dad's place. A church that loves like a family. I would turn away from that church based on that fucking But I'll read through this. It gets way worse. And, and I read this through a couple different articles, right? And all I did was I Googled uh, Dad's Place Church, Ohio, illegal immigrants. Because when he said they may not be children under, under the law, but they're children of God, I, that was such a red flag. And I, you'll see what I mean. Uh, last year, uh, police started receiving calls about Dad's Place related to worries about crime incidents at the church according to a release from the city of Bryan. An inspection of the city's fire department uncovered 18 code violations under the Ohio Fire Code, including a gas leak, improper installation of laundry facilities, and inadequate or unsafe exits in the church. Wow. So, the ingredients for a fire, plus limited ability and limited... S exits in case of fire. Ah. Wow, what a weird omission. This is why it's important to always fact check your sources and read multiple articles before you read. Uh, make sure you read multiple articles. Always go to the local ones if you can. Uh, independent news outlets usually are better, but see, this is, you gotta get that bullshit detector with you at all times. For installation of laundry facilities and inadequate, unsafe exits in the church. The officials later learned that Dad's Place was letting people live in the building, but the church is an area that doesn't allow residential use on the first floor of the building. Aveln knew the city's concerns, but continued letting homeless people stay at the church without permission, and the city of Bryan uh, pursued criminal charges against the pastor related to zoning violations and release notes. Jeremy dies, an attorney for Avell, and, and, and so all this, a lot of people read the end of this story when I first heard about this, was, well, when that fucking Sub-Zero frog, uh, cold wave came through, he had to house homeless people so they wouldn't die. I was like, well, there's, Ohio's a lot of St. Vincent de Paul, and there's a lot of homeless shelters all over Ohio. There's a lot of resources. True, I mean, a lot of churches... Also taking the homeless and stuff. There's usually the caveat. And so that, that's what I was weird. I'm like, but usually the church taking homeless people don't have a high crime rate around them. Because they usually turn them away or turn them in when crime happens. So if crime's been happening for months on end, people have been complaining. So this is two years worth. Uh, the complaint's going back to last year and So that's going on to two, let me, sorry, that's a year and some change, correction. People have complained about this church, and 
it failed a fire safety inspection. And they have inadequately installed laundry machines, which means they probably rapidly brought in tons of laundry machines. In fact, the head of the church described it, described these people as not children under the law. Which is so weird, because they're homeless kids, they're still legally homeless kids. The only way they would be considered homeless kids is if they're illegal immigrants. And they should be bounced, I don't care how old they are. That's all, that's whatever country they came from is fucking problem. One way plane ticket, bitch. Bye! And one way plane ticket's actually very nice. Uh, compared to some of the alternatives I've heard, people are saying some weird shit on Twitter about how to handle the illegal alien situation. And, uh, I don't know if I agree, but a lot of those plans have German subtitles, I tell ya. But continuing on. Uh, Avell knew the city's concerns, I didn't grow. Uh, without permission, letting homeless people stay at the church without permission, the city Brian pursued criminal charge, and the city of Brian pursued criminal charges against the pastor related to zoning violations. The release noted, Jeremy dies. An attorney for Avell and the church told the Associated Press that the church will remain open to people needing its religious services until at least March 4th, when a judge will consider its request for injunction against the city. The church wants a federal judge to issue a restraining order for an or an injunction to keep the city and top officials from enforcing or implying or sorry or applying the city's ordinance to burden the plaintiff's religious exercise. Again, it's not taking care of the homeless and all that shit. While it is an obligation of the church, it is not a protected activity of the church. It's just not, especially when it comes to putting that building. And again, your church is inside. Your church is built into a residential, is built into an office building. It's not like a cathedral church church. It's like, it, uh, whatever. Also seeks damages and attorney's fees. Avell pleaded not guilty in court on January 11th and said that this church he wants to welcome anybody regardless of the time of day. Uh, I'm just weirdly suspicious of this church. But again, you know, it's just that's such a weird line. It may not be kids under the law, but they're orphans. What does that mean? This is how I worship my God, and I just want to be able to worship my God. Yeah, but I don't. Here's the thing. Brian, a tiny rural community, charged a local pastor with zoning violations. Again, is no one else weirded out by the fact that he said they may not be children under the law, but they're children under... Again, that's just a very, very weird, um, weird phrase. Maybe I'm missing something, but if... Again, I don't know. Very weird story. 
Again, of course they're going through it. More information will come out of it. And when the documents come out and the testimonies are down, then we can hear both sides of the argument. We'll have more information, but for the time being, neither side has really convinced me. And perhaps the audience, you guys, have more information about this. But until next time, this has been Inside Four Walls. All right.